1962, one of the most iconic uh, comic book characters, superheroes in history was created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. It's a story of a young man named Peter Parker who receives uh, superpowers uh, through being bitten by a radioactive spider. Now at first in the story when Peter Parker receives his powers, he thinks that he has no obligation to use them to help anybody else. He's free to do whatever he wants, to use his powers uh, to earn money for himself, that he's not obligated to anybody else at all. But a very sort of formative event in the, in the, in the source story for this character is that when he has the opportunity to stop a criminal who is escaping with these great powers that have been entrusted to him, he does nothing to act on that. As a result, that criminal goes on to kill the father figure in his life, his Uncle Ben. And at a sort of key moment in sort of the birth of this character, we get this panel from that comic strip uh, in which Peter, Pan, uh, Peter, Pipe, Peter Parker, <laughs> somebody named Peter, <laughs> says these words, my fault, all my fault, if only I had stopped him when I could have. But I didn't. And now Uncle Ben is dead. And then the narrator in the second panel writes this. And a lean, silent figure slowly fades into the gathering darkness, aware at last that in this world, with great power, there must also come great responsibility. And so a legend is born and a new name is added to the roster of those who make the world of fantasy the most exciting realm of all. This is the source story and the birth narrative for Spider-Man. And this phrase that's written in this panel has become sort of an iconic phrase. With great power comes great responsibility. Now, interestingly, some who try to trace the origin of that phrase trace it back to words that came from the lips of Jesus himself in Luke chapter 12. In Luke 12, Jesus says, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. And Spider-Man, who is a fictional character, sort of personifies or embodies this truth that with great power comes great responsibility, that Spider-Man was not given his superpowers simply to use them for his own good. He was given those powers with a responsibility to help others as he was able. Well, this morning I want to share with you some superpowers 
that you have been given and that I have been given, as well as to talk about the responsibility that we have as Christians to use those powers for good. So please take a Bible and turn to the book of Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, it's page 920 in the Bibles that the church provides. Romans chapter 12, we're going to be looking at verses 3 through 8. Romans 12, beginning in verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. What Paul is talking about here is what we refer to as spiritual gifts. The best way to explain what spiritual gifts are is these are supernatural superpowers. That when you became a Christian, God's Spirit came to live within you. And God's Spirit is the Spirit of power. And to each and every Christian, God gives a spiritual gift through which God's Spirit can exercise supernatural power. In the Old Testament, God's Spirit would come upon someone like Samson and he had superhuman strength. God's Spirit would come upon Elijah uh, and he had superhuman speed at a particular moment in his life. In the New Testament, that same Spirit of power doesn't come on us and leave us but when we become Christians, he makes his dwelling within us and gives us amazing spiritual powers. It's just that in the New Testament, they're not things like super strength and super speed. They're things that are of far more eternal value. The ability to prophesy, the ability to teach, the ability to give, the ability to serve, not as natural abilities, but as supernatural superpowers. Now there's two observations I'd like to make from this text about these spiritual gifts and God's purpose in giving them to each one of us. Now again, it's important to understand they have been given to every one of us. In fact, look, verse 3 
The grace given to me, I say to every one of you, everyone, you could be here and be five years old. If you have placed your faith in Jesus, Jesus has given you a superpower. You could be 85 years old. You could be black. You can be white. You can be rich. You can be poor. It doesn't matter. Every single believer in Jesus has been given at least one spiritual gift. Verse 4, end of verse 3. God has distributed to each of you. Verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. This is not something that just pastors or elders or people who have been Christians a long time. Every single person who is a believer in Jesus has been sovereignly given by God a superpower. And there are two observations I'd like to make from this passage about these spiritual gifts. Number one is in verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. That's talking about the faith to exercise these superpowers, these spiritual gifts. And the purpose in giving us these gifts, one of the purposes is so that we might think soberly, seriously about what's going on. Now, how many of you did your assignment this past week to cut something out from what you might be reading or engaging with or watching in order to add something in from God's Word? How many of you did your assignment this week? I did too. It was a blessing. It was tricky, but it was a blessing. And as we talked about last week, when you remove the influences of the world, it's easier to hear and know God's will for you. I experienced that even this morning when I got up to pray. Just a sort of special sense of God revealing what he was up to. It was fantastic. It was wonderful. Last week, we talked about the fact that when we live in the world, just simply living life fills our minds with those orange ping pong balls, fills our minds with thoughts of the world. One of the most common is pride and its companion insecurity. Spiritual gifts, God is saying, that if we think about this for a moment, that has the effect of removing from us pride and insecurity. How does that work? Well, think about it. You have been given a superpower by God, a supernatural ability. And the question is, why did God give that to you? The reason we think with sober judgment about these things is for this very truth. With great power comes great responsibility. That's the idea that comes to us from Jesus himself. The fact that Spider-Man has picked that up is just simply acknowledging the common grace in the world today. With great power comes great responsibility. God did not give you a gift or me a gift 
so that we can simply do whatever we feel like doing with our lives. That gift places on us a demand, a responsibility. I can no longer think, well, I'm not needed. Who needs me? You have been given a supernatural gift by God. We cannot think, well, I'm free to do whatever I want with my life. I'm free to serve if I feel like serving. I'm free to to give if I feel like giving. I'm free to not serve if I don't feel like serving. I'm free to engage if I... That's no longer a possibility. Because with great power comes great responsibility. And the fact that God has given to you a gift a spiritual power, a distribution of grace places on you and I a demand. A demand that we do something. A demand that we engage. We are no longer free to do whatever we feel like doing. We must now use this gift that God has given to us to bless others and to glorify him. It also causes us to think soberly about things because we are reminded that others around us are also given gifts. That there are others, every person who is sitting next to you, in front of you, behind you, who is a believer in Jesus has been given a supernatural superpower. And if you think about that for a moment, it's designed to help us think soberly and not too highly of ourselves. In other words, we can't think, well, I don't need anybody else. God has given to the people who are around you and the people who are part of this congregation spiritual superpowers to bless you and to bless me and this congregation. So, for example, God has given to me a gift of teaching. But that gift of teaching is not very effective without those of you who have the gift of serving, which enable there to be chairs here and seats and carpet for us to be able to have a service for me to teach on. And those who have been given the gift of serving... Well, that's not super useful unless you also have people with the gift of giving who provide the financial resources so that we can have a service here this morning that you are serving at that I get to teach at. And those with the gift of giving, that's not super useful unless you also have those of you here who have the gift of encouragement. The ability to encourage people to give and to serve and to teach and to come alongside of those who might be sitting on the sidelines and say, look, you're needed, get involved. And the gift of encouragement is not very useful without those of you here who have the gift of leadership to come alongside and organize those who are teaching and those who are serving and those who are giving and those who are encouraging. And the gift of leadership is not very useful without some people here who have the gift of mercy, who in the midst of suffering and in struggles and sin can come along with a special supernatural gift of mercy from God to keep all of us going. And Paul's point is, each one of us has been given a gift. And that gift is designed to cause us to think 
seriously and soberly about what's going on. It's designed to cause us to think with that gift comes great responsibility and with the gifts that God has given to others has come a great need that I have for you and that you have for each other and for me. So the first observation of the fact that God has given to every single Christian a supernatural superpower is that it is designed to cause us to think soberly about ourselves. We are no longer free to think we can do whatever we want with our lives. With great power comes great responsibility. Second observation about spiritual gifts from this passage. How many of you have ever, and you don't need to raise your hand, but how many of you have ever seen someone or read a story about someone or been familiar with someone who was given great natural athletic ability? And they just seem to be able, let's say, for playing sports, it just comes very naturally to them. They've been gifted by God with an amazing athletic ability. Have you ever seen someone like that who's wasting that ability? Have you ever looked and thought, what a waste? Either because they don't practice very much, or they got involved with drugs, or they didn't take very good care of their body and eating in a healthy sort of way, or they surrounded themselves with the wrong people, or whatever it may be that there is some God-given athletic ability that's simply wasted. And I don't know if like you, but I sometimes look and I think, man, I would do so much better than they did. If God just would have given me some of that athletic ability, I would not have fallen into those pitfalls. I would have made good use of it. I would have worked so hard. I would have not gotten involved. You ever done that? You ever looked around and say, what a waste. Such great potential. And they did almost nothing with it. Well, I had a thought this week, and it's just a thought. I don't think this is actually what's happening. I don't know. It was just a thought as I was thinking about this passage. I wonder if angels in heaven ever sit around and do this with us. Now, understand correctly, angels have fantastic physical abilities. They're celestial beings. They have strength and glory and might that you and I don't have. But we have very God himself living in us. And the spiritual powers that we've been given, they know nothing about. This is why you don't see angels teaching. This is why you don't see angels exercising spiritual gifts. These supernatural superpowers have been given to those who are believers in Jesus because through God's Spirit, Jesus himself has come to dwell in our hearts and he has given to each one of us a portion of his grace and his power to be able to exercise that in the world today. And I wonder if angels ever sort of sit around, even right now, and look at this arena and say, can you believe the amount of spiritual power that is gathered together in this arena this morning? 
Then as angels look in as what's going on and they see people gifted in ways they're not gifted, you and I who have the Spirit with great power, I wonder, and again, it's all conjecture, if they ever say, Man, if God had just given me the ability to teach, if God had just given me the ability to give, if God had just given me the ability to show mercy, I would not be wasting it the way those humans are wasting it. I would out be out there using it for God's glory. See, that's what verses 6 through 8 are about. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Now what that means is, take your gift, whatever supernatural ability you have been given, and develop it and use it. You see, when we're given a gift, it is like a sort of human, athletic, natural talent. Just because you're born with good athletic genes, doesn't mean you don't need to work at it. It doesn't mean you don't need to practice. It doesn't mean you don't need to develop. On the contrary, the gift encourages you to work all the harder to become more skilled in that area. That's what Paul is saying. We have been given a gift. Now as our faith grows, our giftedness and ability to use that gift grows. I like the way 1 Timothy Chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1 says it. For this reason, Paul is speaking to Timothy, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Now, I picture that as the kind of speech a coach would give to one of his athletes. Look, God has not given you a spirit of timidity. God has given you a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline or self-control. Take the gift you've been given and fan it into flame. Develop that thing. Use that thing. Work with that thing and see what God can do with it. Because when we first become Christians and God first gives us a spiritual gift, it's hard to know that it's there, just in the same way that a baby who might have great athletic genes. It's hard to know that it's there, but the more you work at it, the more you develop it, the more you get involved, the more you use it, the more it will fan that gift into flame. And that sitting around this arena today are people with the gifts of prophecy and the gifts of teaching and the gifts of encouraging and the gifts of giving and the gifts of mercy that are latent superpowers in your spirit that if you and I will begin to work at them, if we will begin to use them, we will fan that gift into a roaring flame and that God's spirit can work through us to do ever increasingly great things. The limit of the strength of your superpower is the limit of your faith. And that as your faith grows, your superpower grows. Not that you get more of the Spirit, but that the Spirit has more access to using you to do great things. And so Paul's point is, not just think soberly, you've been given a gift, get after it. Start using it. 
exercise it and watch it grow. Now you say, well, how do I know what gift I've been given? Well, he says, if your gift is prophesying. How do I know if I have the gift of prophesying? Well, the gift of prophesying is the ability to understand things that God is up to and communicating them to others in such a way that God is speaking from him to them. What I'm doing this morning, the Bible would call prophesying. I'm trying to share with you the truth that God has laid on my heart to share with you today. If it is teaching, well, sorry, if it is serving, the gift of serving, that's the person who is gifted in love, setting up chairs and making things happen. They come into a room and they think, What's a way that I can serve and be involved? There are people who love volunteering at church, uh, helping the building run smoothly, making sure things are clean. When it's time for a program to get going, they're the ones thinking about, okay, well, what are the tasks and what can I do? I'm here to help. The gift of teaching is the ability, the supernatural ability to explain things that would be difficult to understand otherwise. The gift of encouraging is the supernatural ability to come alongside of someone and to speak into their life, to motivate them and encourage them, to put God's truth into action, to not just say, hey, look, this is what you're supposed to do, but actually to encourage them, to motivate them. When they stumble, to come alongside of them and help them. If you like mentoring or discipleship or one-on-one coming alongside them, that's the gift of encouragement. The gift of giving. This is the spiritual, supernatural ability to know when people are in financial need. It's the supernatural ability to be able to earn money and to be able to give that money to help others. If you love coming alongside of people who are in financial need, blessing people through the resources God has equipped you with to earn money in this world, that's a gift of giving. If it is leading, the gift of leadership is the ability when you come into a situation to think, okay, there's chaos here. I can bring organization to this. I think this would work a lot better if we got all these things lined up. The gift of leadership is the ability to come along, whether you've been given authority or a title or anything else. The ability, the supernatural ability to see how best to organize things, to see how best to administer things. The gift of mercy. This is the gift to supernaturally be able to know when someone is hurting. To have that sense that, hey, look, they just need someone to come alongside of them and bless them. This is the gift that that comes alongside and when you kind of, when you feel other people's pain, when you seem to know what they're hurting or what they're going through, when someone says to you, how did you even know I was having a difficult day? That's the gift of mercy. Now, there are more gifts because we have other passages in the Bible, gift of evangelism, a gift of knowledge, a gift of wisdom. They're not all listed here, but the point is this is a pretty good representative sample. And if you want to know, well, which gift might I have? Think about grace beyond. Which aspects of grace beyond have you most resonated with? Have you resonated with the idea of asking the Lord, okay, Lord, what are you up to with this project? What are you doing in our church? How are you changing us? That's the gift, perhaps, of prophesying. 
Have you most resonated with the idea of trying to explain to others what it is that God is up to and how this fits with what's happening in the scriptures and what he's doing? That would be a gift of teaching. Have you resonated with the idea of, look, I love being on these serving teams. Some of you I know, you're on setup teams and teardown teams and greeting teams. You're doing everything you can possibly do. You're wearing your yellow shirts today because you're here engaged and involved. And that's just been exciting for you. That could be a gift of serving. If the part of grace beyond where you're like, look, I love the fact that we've been challenged to give. I love the fact that on December 18th, we're having another opportunity to give money to the Lord. I love helping other people see, look, anytime you give money to the Lord, this is a blessing. That could be a gift of giving. If you've enjoyed and resonated with being involved with leading and thinking through, okay, in my Sunday school class or in my small group or in the people I'm around, how do I motivate us so that we can all do this together, so that we can all serve together, so we can be a part of what's going on? That's a gift of leading. If during Grace Beyond you've been the kind of person who feels like, look, I know there's some people around me who just aren't involved, who aren't getting, I want to help them to see this. I want to come alongside and encourage them do this, get involved, submit to what's going on. That's a gift of encouragement. And if you're the kind of person who thinks some people are missing this and I, don't, and I think that right now Satan is blinding their eyes or they're going through just a really tough time and they pledged money and it's a difficult time, how could I come alongside and just be a blessing to them in the midst of this difficult time? That's a gift of mercy. And what Paul is saying is, look, get going. You each have been given a supernatural superpower. The more you exercise it, the more you will fan it into flame. Listen, you're not going to run out of superpowers. The more you teach, the better you'll get at teaching. The more you lead, the better you'll get at leading. The more you serve, the better you'll get at serving. The more that will be a blessing to others. And the amazing thing to tell you the truth from where I sit is I thank God every day for this Grace Beyond Project because I'm watching him use this in our church's life to activate some latent superpowers. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing people with gifts of giving, with gifts of teaching, with gifts of mercy, with gifts of encouragement. And Grace Beyond is just sort of the thing that kicks it all into action. And my encouragement to you from this morning from Paul, go for it. Keep going. Don't let grace beyond be the end of what you're doing. You've been given great spiritual gifts by God. Go use them. Watch what he can do. Trust me. It's not comic book stuff. It is far, far better than that. The living God dwells in you and has specifically equipped you to do stuff that is jaw-dropping, mind-blowing, eternally epic things. And from my position, I'm watching our church do more and more of this. And I'm seeing this Grace Beyond Project, which we keep saying over and over again, it's not really about a building. Part of what it's about is God fanning into flame these spiritual superpowers that he's given so that we can become a church that goes out and changes this community and this country and this world not by human means but with spiritual superpower. All of this 
brings us to our celebration of communion today. In Ephesians 4, we are told that when Jesus ascended, when he returned to heaven, he gave gifts to his church. Speaking of spiritual gifts, that Jesus gave to his body, the church, these spiritual superpowers. Paul is referencing that idea of body in Romans 12. That all these gifts, they all fit together to make us a gigantic sort of superhero. It's like Power Rangers all kind of coming together to form sort of one great superpower. That's what the church is. Well, in communion, we're commemorating the fact that we are able to do this because of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension.